Are you ready for your customers to know, like, and trust you? Well, email marketing is by far the most effective way of achieving that. And I've partnered with Aweber to give you a completely free 90-day trial. So get started today at excellence-expected.com forward slash Aweber and use the code EXEX. Hello and welcome to session two of the Straight Talking Guide to launching your first product. Now, in the last session, Mr. Chris Ducker talked about whether this entrepreneurial life is for you. And you're able to decide that for yourself now. Now we're going to talk about how you can test your idea before you've even built anything and without spending a single penny. This is the art and the importance of the customer conversation. And we're going to cover how important actual customer conversations are before you do dive into building anything. The mistakes to avoid when holding your customer conversations. How to deal with, well, people calling your baby ugly. How to distance yourself from the product and focus on the problem that you're trying to solve. How to hold customer conversations that actually give valuable insight. And the importance of niching down in the early days versus, well, an everything to everyone approach, which of course never pans out well. And we're going to talk about how to create the perfect customer avatar. Now, don't forget that, as with every session in this guide, there is a free resource to accompany it. So head to excellence-expected.com and grab a hold of the free resource that accompanies this session. And by virtue of doing so, don't forget that you unlock two extra special bonus sessions. Number one, the secret growth hacks from the world's finest founders and entrepreneurs. And the second bonus session, what to do if your launch doesn't quite go as planned because, well, life's going to get in the way, you know. It's not the end of the world. So this is session number two, the art and the importance of the customer conversation. Let's get started. All right, so we're going to talk about customer conversations and we're going to dig into this and we're going to approach it from three different perspectives. Number one, why are we actually having customer conversations? What is the point in having them? Number two, who are we having these customer conversations with? How do we actually define who we're chatting to and who we have those conversations with and who can give us this valuable learning that we are looking for? And then number three, actually how to have the customer conversations because there is quite an art to this. It's not just as easy as asking. You know, it's not just as easy as asking random questions. So why should we actually have these conversations? That's the first question that we need to ask ourselves. Well, look, being completely honest, sure, you could have a fantastic idea, you could build it out, you could launch it, but what's to say that anyone will buy it? I mean, after all, look, I solve problems differently to how you solve problems. You solve problems differently to how I solve problems. Your family, your friends, each one of those people solve problems differently to how you solve them. So by virtue of coming up to the solution to a problem, that doesn't mean that it's automatically going to fly. It's not automatically going to sell. It's not automatically going to be a success. And the reason for that is that actually very often as entrepreneurs, as people who create ideas, we absolutely become infatuated with that solution. What we don't do is really fall in love with the problem. And this is something that Ash Moria from one of the later sessions in this guide is a big, big, big fan of. This idea of focusing on the problem and not the solution. Because 
there are so many solutions to any given problem. Very often, problems can be solved in so many different ways that actually we may develop something that no one buys because the problem has been solved somewhere else in a, in a different way. So it's our job as creators, as founders, as entrepreneurs, it's our job to define whether or not the people that we believe will buy our product have a problem that matters enough to them that they will part with their hard-earned cash to solve it using any given solution. So note what I said there, using any given solution, not using the solution that we have in our heads right now, but using any solution. Does that problem matter enough that if we had a solution, they would pay for it? That is what we are trying to ascertain. We are validating our product idea without even spending a penny. We're validating through conversation. Which leads us on to the next point. Who the heck are we having these conversations with? And towards the end of this session, I'm going to talk about how to craft what's called an audience avatar, or as marketers sometimes call them, customer personas. Our job is to really understand our audience. We've got to understand everything about them, why they do what they do, how they do what they do, and what motivates them, so that we can align ourselves with them and create a product that solves their problem. So one of the things, as I said, that we're going to talk about later on during this session is how to actually define who we are having these conversations with. And then we are going to talk about how to actually have them, because as I mentioned a few moments ago, this is not just as easy as asking random questions. It's not as easy as asking random questions. And right now, I'm going to give you some specific takeaways that I want you to just bear in mind throughout the entire session right here, but also throughout this entire guide, right up to session number eight with Theo. I want you to bear these things in mind that I'm going to tell you right now. So write these down if you're able to. If you're not, come back later and please do make a note of them. Listen up. It's important to remember that customer conversations are only there to, number one, validate that your solution solves the problem that you have identified in a way that people actually want, not just the way that you think they want. Number two, these conversations are not a place to ask, do you like my idea? Because everyone will say yes. Everyone will say yes. Because it's easier. Of course it is. You just want to either stop talking or you just don't want to hurt someone's feelings or you want to move on to the next topic. You're just going to say yes. The third point to remember, super important throughout the entire product development cycle, is that every single conversation that you have, because you should be having these conversations not only now at the beginning, but all of the time, take any opportunity that you can to gather valuable feedback. So you must learn to train yourself to go into these conversations with a mindset of learning. A mindset of learning, not a mindset of pitching. We do not want to be pitching our product. We want to be figuring out the problem. Now, I've done this both ways. I've actually developed products without undertaking any customer conversations, and I've developed products where I've undertaken extensive customer conversations. And I'm pretty sure that you can figure out which one of those products is generating significant revenue. It's a no-brainer. The thing that I understand the most, because we did so much more customer validation, so much more customer interrogation, 
just worked better from day one. It is so obvious when you consider it. And by the end of this session, of course, you'll know a little bit more about that and how to do that for yourself. So I'm going to tell you two stories. Story number one. I'm the co-founder of Podcast Websites. Myself and John Lee Dumas from Entrepreneur on Fire created podcast websites because when I set my podcast up, Excellence Expected, which of course, thank you so much you are listening to, I had to set a website up. Now, I own a design and digital agency, so setting uh, setting websites up for me is easy. Setting websites up is what I've done for, for, for a long, long time, way too long, getting old now. And... Even for me, setting up a website that integrated my podcast was a complete pain in the backside. So I thought to myself, well, look, surely we can create something that gives someone complete all-in-one peace of mind, all of the technology, all of the support, the tools, the resources, the training, absolutely everything that they need to build a hub so that they can just focus on creating the podcast and growing that podcast. And sure enough, we validated the idea. We spoke to people. I spoke to beginner podcasters and said, listen, tell me what you struggle with. I understand that you've got to learn to podcast. Let's just take that for granted. You've got to learn to podcast anyway because you've never done it before. But what else do you struggle with? And we spotted a trend, which was people struggled to build their website out. They wanted somewhere where they could have a personal brand. They wanted somewhere where they could build a product out. They could eventually sell courses and memberships and sponsorships and so on and so forth. But they just didn't know. They weren't web developers. They'd been told about WordPress. Fine. But they didn't like the themes that were out there. They didn't know how to fix a theme or fix a plugin if something broke or they didn't know what they should be spending on developers. How do they know they were getting a good deal and not just getting ripped off by the hour? You know, this this entire solution, this idea that I had was validated because people said to me, I'm struggling with my website. And the way that I went into those conversations was not... Do you like the idea of an all-in-one website platform for podcasters? It was. Tell me what you're struggling with setting up your podcast. I understand that you've got to set your podcast up, so let's take that for granted. You've never done audio production before. But what else are you struggling with? Tell me what your biggest challenge is. And it matched. It validated. And then we ran a webinar, we pre-validated it by getting some low-level paying customers on, and I say low-level because they got such a fantastic introductory price um, that we were able to validate that they would pay with their wallets. And again, that validated the idea. So we validated it twice, having different types of customer conversation. The second business that I was involved in is a business that if you've been following Excellence Expected for a while, you'll know that I went on the Ignite Accelerator program with one of the fantastic sponsors of this season. And I went on the Ignite Accelerator with a friend of mine, Mr. Adam Farrer, who's on also one of the latest sessions. We are going to dig into this story a little bit more. And we went on with a product called Cavalry, which we may pick up again in the future, but right now we're not pursuing. And the reason is, honestly, we'd spent maybe 12 months building out a product without doing any customer validation. We'd built what we believed was the perfect solution to a problem that actually we found didn't didn't exist. We believe that there is a market for this, but we believe it's a disruptor. It's not a problem that we're solving. We believe that if cavalry was to be resurrected, it would be a disruptor. It wouldn't be a problem solver. And we didn't know that at the time. We just built this all singing, and I mean all singing, all dancing product that you can actually download in the App Store right now. Search for Cavalry in the App Store. Go ahead and grab it. And 
we didn't do anything with it because we realized that actually we didn't understand the audience. We didn't know exactly what they wanted. We knew they wanted something a little bit more convenient and something a little bit more modern, if you like. But actually, the problem didn't exist enough for them to want to pay for it. That was the bottom line with it. So these customer conversations are super vital. There's no doubt about that. There is there is no doubt about that. You have to validate your idea. You've got to learn to love the problem. To quote Mr. Ash Mori from session four, you've got to love the problem, not the solution. And you've got to understand actually that it's too easy to become super, super excited by your own idea. You've got to, you've got to really, really think this through. How can I separate myself from the idea and actually take apart what problem that I'm solving. So that's one of the things that I want you to do is think about, look, why did I come up with this idea? What was my trigger? What was the catalyst? What was this one thing that made me think, you know, I could maybe fix this. Or, you know, I've got an idea for something. Really dig deep into that. Sit down, grab a pen, Grab a piece of paper, grab a notebook, highly recommend getting a notebook per project. So grab a notebook for this project, open it up and write the line, why did I come up with this idea? And that is the problem that you're solving. Whatever you write down is the problem that you're trying to solve. That's the problem that you're trying to solve. So... Really take on board this idea that you don't, you don't, don't, don't want to fall in love with your current solution, with your current idea. Because if you do, if you do fall in love with that solution, you're going to begin projecting it. You're going to begin biasing the customer conversations and the feedback that you have because it's impossible not to. It's impossible not to go into a conversation when you are so in love with your idea and ask either, do you like this idea? Cardinal sin. Please never do that. Or project that solution. Well, okay, listen. What about if there was something that did this? What about if there was something that did that? That's fine. But only after you've validated that the problem exists and that people will pay for it. You can't go straight in there and say, hey, you know what? You know this problem that people have? Before you even asked whether this person has the problem. You know this problem that people have? Just imagine if this existed and it did this and it did that and it did this and it did that. How amazing does that sound? And then, you know, the feedback that you're going to get is, of course, that sounds amazing. Of course it does. It sounds superb. But then when you launch, people don't pay for it. Do you know why? Because the problem that you solved doesn't matter, doesn't matter enough for them to pay for it. Personally. This is a really weird analogy, but personally, I struggle with staying on top of housework. I'm so busy. I'm loving this, creating and working with businesses and working with podcasters and building platforms that, you know what, have I got time to dust and run the vacuum around? No, I really struggle with that. Does it matter enough for me to pay for a cleaner? Well, it didn't do for 15 years. And it's only now, this week, that I've decided, yeah, you know what, maybe I should do something about this because... Frankly, me doing it twice a week is not enough. Now the problem matters enough. But it took me 15 years to get to that point, even though the problem existed years and years and years ago. If that was your product, 
then I wouldn't have bought it because the problem just simply didn't matter enough for me to pay for it. So it is super easy to get really excited by your own idea. And I do that. You know, I love ideas. I'm, ideas as an entrepreneur aren't something that you struggle with. That's why you're an entrepreneur, you know. But it's too easy to fall in love with those ideas. So this is why we're having the conversations. We've got to validate these ideas. We've got to go in there with an open mind and learn about the problem. Specifically, does this problem actually exist? And are people willing to pay for it? So I'm going to keep repeating those two things. Does this problem exist? And are people willing to pay for it? Because these are the real core takeaways that we're trying to get from these customer conversations. Let's just skip now to actually who are we going to have them with? Who are we going to have these conversations with? And just before I do that, just before I dive into that section, because it's a super important section, I just want to spend a minute or two telling you a little bit about some of the offers that I've put together for you as part of this guide that are actually going to help you grow your product. So here we go. Let me just tell you about these things for one moment. AWeber is an email service provider. We were founded in 1998 and we provide a full suite of web-based email marketing tools so that you can grow your list, you can create and send beautiful emails, and you can also set up email automation different workflows uh, to automate emails being sent to your subscribers. And this is absolutely crucial for entrepreneurs when they're launching their product because you need to know your audience and they need to know you and start to build a relationship with you. So you can build up anticipation for your product launch. You can promote your product after it's launched and you can really continue to have the conversation with your subscribers in, in a very personal place, which is their inbox. We typically do a 60-day trial, but for this podcast, we're going to be offering a 90-day free trial that's up to 500 subscribers, if you have 500 subscribers on your list. And to get access to that, simply use the code XX, that's E-X-E-X, when you go to sign up for your AWeber account. And you can get all the details on this offer at excellence-expected.com slash AWeber. Listen, for any small business, cash flow is a big, big deal. Knowing what's coming in and what's going out, and more importantly, when, will of course help businesses like mine and like yours to survive. But beautiful accounting software from Xero can actually help your business to thrive. Xero helps small businesses like yours, like mine, to stay on top of their cash flow anytime, anywhere, and from any device. And with over 100,000 UK subscribers alone, it's clear that Xero is the UK's leading cloud accounting software. To try Zero for free for 30 days, head to excellence-expected.com forward slash zero. That is X-E-R-O. Jim Rohn once said that we're the average of the five people that we spend the most time with. And when you start your business, being around the right people can mean the difference between success and failure. The Ignite Accelerator program is a place to focus. It's a place to make lifelong friends and it's a place to create a network ranging from top investors to some of the world's most successful founders and entrepreneurs. How do I know? Because I spent 14 weeks of my own life going through the program and it changed me. It made me into a measurably better entrepreneur. So if you are ready to focus, if you are ready to take your passion and turn it into a real business, then you're ready to take action today and check out this free accelerator program. But hey, don't just take my word for it. Find out for yourself over at excellence-expected.com forward slash ignite. Okay, 
let's dig into who you're actually having these conversations with. How do you decide who to ask, who to validate? How do you do that? Well, the first thing that you need to do is create, as I mentioned right at the beginning of the session, something called an avatar. Now, these are also called buyer personas or simply personas by marketers at times. Effectively, what they are, they are an ideal representative of your perfect customer. They are a real person that you write about, that you speak to when you're podcasting, when you create your product, when you write your blogs, when you launch your marketing. These are the people that you're talking to, your avatar. Now, as businesses grow, you actually create more and more avatars because you increase your products, you actually create a retention avatar, you create a acquisition avatar, you create a lapsed avatar for customers that lapse. But right now, you just need to know very specifically, who is the one type of person that I am talking to with this? Who is the one person that I am talking to who I think will not only have this problem that I'm solving, but who will actually buy the product that I create? The important thing with this is you've got to dig pretty deep into the details of this persona, of this avatar. You need to know what kind of people you are dealing with and that you are pitching to. So, as an example, the avatar for podcast websites is a brand new podcaster who has never podcasted before. They don't have even their own website, so they've perhaps never blogged before. More than likely they have another business or they have another job, so their time is pretty at a premium. They're tech-savvy enough to want to undertake podcasting, but they've never built anything out, so they need help when they need it. They don't necessarily know what they don't know yet. They're willing to invest in podcasting, not a great deal, but just enough to do a good job of it. And they buy from people. They believe in people because podcasting, frankly, is a very personal medium. So they buy from people. They trust the one-to-one. They trust the FaceTime. They trust support. They're looking for guidance and mentorship. They actually want things to be easy. They want things to be simple because their time is at a premium. They don't want to spend time hunting around for information. And actually... They're not very price-driven, they're just more value-led. So they're willing to pay a little bit more for a better product and for a better service. That's the avatar, that's the buyer persona for podcast websites as it exists today. And the reason that that is so deep is that, look, many people will just tell you, right, listen, we're going to create an avatar and all it is is it's going to be women between 30 and 45 who have got kids. That's it. That's not an avatar. That's what people will tell you. Some people will tell you to do that. That's not an avatar. You need to understand behaviors. You need to understand ethics and morals and values and traits and how much time they have and actually what they put their focus on. What do they struggle with? You've got to be empathetic. You've got to understand what this avatar actually 
is, who this person is. Because when you're writing a blog post, when you're doing some content marketing, when you're creating the marketing for your first product, the pitch, the brand identity that we're going to talk about with uh, Kai Wilkinson and Phil Palin in, in the later session, when you actually craft your messaging, when you're crafting how you run your Facebook ads, you need to know what makes these people tick. You need to know what makes these people tick. So in the example of podcast websites, look, we know that people want to set a podcast up easily and quickly, and we know that when they've done that, they want to grow it and they want to make some money from doing it. So our pitch, of course, is we make this super easy so that you can focus on creating, building, and then monetizing your podcast. That's what we pitch because we understand that that's what these people want. Now, to give you another example of an avatar, one of the other startup projects that I was involved in, again with Mr. Adam Farah, who was on one of the latest sessions, session five, is an early stage, very early stage, artificial intelligence company called PIP, P-I-P. And basically, this came about because Adam and I both forgot very important milestones during the year for our respective partners. And we realized it was because we were so busy. And wouldn't it be fantastic if something helped us with the things that we generally forget because we're entrepreneurs and we're building things? So the things that matter, but that we are just terrible at, like Valentine's Day, booking something well in advance, like birthday cards and birthday presents for family members. Why leave it to the last minute all of the time? Wouldn't it be great if something did that? So we went through the validation process and we created something called PIP. And the avatar for Pip is as follows, 25 to perhaps 40 year old, a male, because men are generally pretty bad at this, disposable income, so perhaps when we were in London at the time, we were targeting financial services, so bankers, for example, they've got some disposable cash, and they like the idea of being able to boast at the pub that they've got an assistant to take care of things artificial intelligence, or a real person. And they're willing to spend a little bit more for convenience. They're willing to spend a little bit more to get what they need when they need it. Netflix era, Uber era, Deliveroo era. People are willing to spend a little bit more. And th these were the type of people that we were targeting. And so what did we do? We actually spoke to these kind of people, we went out and we sought out people with disposable income who were kind of millennial-ish males, and we said to them, listen, nice to meet you, let me just tell you a story, I, I made a serious mess of of my uh, my wife's birthday last year, you know, I really struggle with that, I just don't get the time to do it, how the heck do you deal with it, I mean you're busy, how do you deal with it? And that was it. That's how we had the conversation. We just let them talk. And what came out was this idea that, yes, they are busy. They're way too busy to deal with anything like this. They forget things. They don't have time to do anything. It's always an Amazon Prime last-minute gift. They forget to book tables. They're always in the doghouse because they get things wrong. And that's what came out of this, this validation. We literally went in and asked people. We, we set the context by saying, look, oh, we struggle with this problem. Is this, is it just me? Do you, how do you deal with this? Just tell me exactly what you do. So we pitched this slightly differently. We, again, learned to love the problem. We got these people, this avatar, 
to open up and tell us how they dealt with the problem. How they dealt with the problem. The reason that we did it like that was because you can ne- you can never ever have a more valuable piece of learning than someone telling you how they do what they do currently. Because there was a solution to this problem. Here's the thing. The problem of being terrible at buying birthday gifts because you're so busy, you're an entrepreneur, you're a financial worker, you're a banker, you've got a bit of disposable income. The problem has another solution, and that is just rush out at lunchtime. Rush out after work or use Amazon Prime and get the same day, next day delivery. That problem has a solution. So what we had to do was not love our solution. We had to love the problem and look at, actually, if we could give someone a better experience, give them better value, would they pay for it? So we devised an experiment, and we're going to talk about this later again with Adam. We devised an experiment which was, okay, listen, if we just offer, if we just offer a text messaging service where people can text in, tell us when their loved ones or their family and friends' birthdays are, a few preferences on what they like and what they want to spend on them, would they pay for a service that sorted it out for them? And the resounding answer was absolutely. Absolutely. We ran an experiment. We got hundreds of people on there. It was crazy. Only ran for, I think, two weeks, three weeks. And we got a lot of people. We got to revenue by just testing this one idea. And it was because we had these conversations. But more importantly, it was because we had defined our avatar. We had defined our avatar. Now, there's actually a really good post over excellence-expected.com forward slash avatar, which will give you a little bit more information on this. And also, the resource that is downloadable with this session, so part of the toolkit that comes with this session, is actually an avatar creation template. How you can sit down and actually create your own avatar. Because what I want you to do is do that. I want you to print this template out. I want you to complete it using a pen and paper and stick it on the wall in the place that you look at the most when you're working. So for me, that would be my studio. I would pop it on the wall. And every time I'm creating anything, Every time I'm trying to source someone to chat to, any time that I am building something, I would look at that avatar. And once I know what the problem is that I'm trying to solve, and I've articulated that from earlier, I would write that down as well, and I would stick that next to it. I am solving this problem for this person. I am going to stop. I am going to stop millennial entrepreneurs and bankers who have got disposable income rushing around and looking like fools when their loved one's birthdays come up. Instead, I'm going to make them into the birthday hero. That's how we did it with Pip. And that's why it's so important to nail this avatar down. It's super important to do that. Super important to do that. So listen, go ahead, download that resource. It's very, very important. Honest, Honestly, 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 I can't tell you how important that is. Go and download that resource and create your avatar. And there is, as I said, there's a little bit more of a longer blog post with a, a couple of examples at excellence-expected.com forward slash avatar. Avatar. Okay, 
So we know why we're having the conversations. We know with whom we are having them, with our avatar. Before we just wrap that section, what I want to tell you is that now you've got that, it's important to be mindful. If you've ever studied mindfulness or if you've ever done something like the Headspace app, which is fantastic, it helps me so much. It becomes about training yourself to understand where you are. So the Headspace app teaches you to become more mindful. What I want you to do is train yourself to become aware of when you are around your avatar. That could be in a pub. And believe me, I've done this. I like a whiskey. I've been in the pub and I've been having customer conversations with people and gathering feedback without them even knowing by simply saying, ah, again, you're so busy. How do you deal with it? How do you deal with Valentine's Day is coming up? Tell me about that. What are you going to do, man? How are you going to solve that? Honestly, I've had that. I've done it with podcast websites as well. So I want you to be mindful of when you're around your avatar. I want you to be mindful of being in front of that person, trying to gather, trying to gather insight, trying to gather feedback when perhaps you least expect it. That is a super important thing to do. Again, you know, just understand when you are around that avatar and start to just get into the habit of throwing the grenade in. I like this analogy. Of, I, I, I do this when I'm speaking on speaking gigs. I like to throw a grenade in. Just throw in a statement that gets people talking. Oh, birthdays are right old pain in the neck when you're busy. How the heck do you deal with those? Then sit back and listen. Sit back and listen. Be in the learning mindset, not the pitch mindset. Okay, so we know why we're having the customer conversations. We know with whom we are having them. Now what we need to figure out is actually how to have them. Now, right now I'm going to recommend two books because although this is a fantastic session, you can never have too much knowledge. So I'm going to recommend to you right now two books, and these are big inspirations for me. The first one is The Mom Test by Mr. Rob Fitzpatrick, The Mom Test by Mr. Rob Fitzpatrick, and the second one is Will It Fly by my good friend Mr. Pat Flynn. Will It Fly by Pat Flynn. Both available on Amazon, so please go ahead and just download those or get them on Kindle or just buy them in good old paperback if you've got the room to store them because sometimes that's uh, that's difficult. So go ahead and grab those books. I'm just going to give you a few insights on this. So we mentioned it earlier. You have to go into these conversations with a learning mindset. You have to go in there with an attitude of not pitching. The single most important phrase that you have in your arsenal is this. Tell me how you, so in the birthday example, tell me how you manage to stay on top of your wife's birthday and your kid's birthdays when you're so busy. Podcast websites example. Tell me how you currently work with your website. Tell me how you. So if your new product is an online course for putting together Facebook ads. Tell me how you currently build your Facebook ad campaigns. The idea, this idea of getting an audience and talking to people and asking them what they want and actually actually allowing them to teach you what they want to buy from you 
is one of the most important parts of modern business, I believe, is just asking people what they want, but doing so in such a way that they don't feel like they're being sold to. Tell me how you. Tell me how you. So, the important thing to remember here is that you can't get offended. If someone says, do you know what, actually, this is not that big a deal to me. I'm all right with birthdays. Yeah, it's a pain in the neck, but I'm all right with them. That's fine. That's fine. It's honest feedback that may, if it appears to be a trend, may stop you spending time and money creating something that no one will buy. But the big thing with that is, the big takeaway from that is that you've got to understand where to take that conversation next. You have to understand that it's all right to ask why. Because actually, think back to Pip, this idea that there are other solutions to getting birthday presents. Of course there are. There's been around for years and years and years and years. You need to understand where you can add extra value. How can you make that experience better for that person so that they will pay for the added benefit? Let's be honest. I could get a taxi from Old Street Station up to St Pancras in London all day long. But what do I do? I get an Uber. Why? Just because it's a better experience. They come and pick me up. They play to my ego. There's a driver. He's come to get me. Yes, sir. It's ridiculous. But I still do it. So are taxes a problem for me? No, they're not. But there's added value in a different solution. So when someone says, you know what? Actually, this is not a problem. Digging a little bit further. Okay, why is that not a problem? What don't you enjoy about doing that though? Because... It's not a problem going to the shop. I could go to the shopping centre, Meadowhall, Blue Water here in the UK. I could buy a present. Of course I could. It's not a problem. But actually, what don't I like about it? Well, the parking's terrible. There's too many people in the queues. It takes too long to find something because I've got to do all that walking. And actually, it's just time out of my day. So yes, there's a solution, but... Actually, there's more value that I perhaps would pay for in a different solution. So don't be disheartened, but what you can't do is when someone says this is not a problem, you can't get defensive. We, we had this before, both Adam and I on the accelerator when we were working with investors and mentors. You know, they'd come up to you, they would be brutal. They would say, well, do you know what? This, just, this is not a problem. And it's easy to get defensive. It's easy to go, well, of course it is. Of course it is. Look, look how good the look how good the solution is. Look how good the app is. Look how good the product is. Look at all this. Singing and dancing, good stuff. It's not a problem. So all that good stuff doesn't matter. No, no, you're missing it. You just you just don't understand it. Wrong. Wrong. You can't love the solution. And you can't get defensive when someone else says that perhaps the problem that you are trying to solve doesn't actually exist. You can't get defensive. It's your job, as I said, to dig in, to go deeper, and to find out actually what's really going on. To figure out, can you add extra value that they would pay for? To actually not pitch the solution. To not go into this mode of, you're wrong, I'm right, because it's my idea. It's super important to just get into this real kind of flexible learning mindset. I know I keep 
sort of harping on about that. So back to that point, the most important phrase in your arsenal when having these customer conversations is tell me how you. Take the problem that you wrote down earlier and tell me how you solve this problem. Tell me how you do this. And please listen, listen, listen. Another thing that I just want to touch on now then is the importance of niching down, or if you're an American, niching down, which I can never quite get along with, being so English. The idea of the riches being in the niches is highly regarded and well thought of. You know, you've only got to look around the world at the online entrepreneurs who operate so well in specific niches. People like Mike Morrison and Callie over at the membership guys, you know, work in one specific niche and do a fantastic job. With your product and with your service or with your business, it's very easy to want to add features and just add everything to be everything to everyone. And that's not going to work. At least not to start with. You've got to solve one problem extremely well. One problem extremely well. What I mean by that is, if you're Uber, solve the problem or create extra value or disrupt getting from A to B in a convenient way. And only then, when you've got super large, start adding on Uber Eats, for example, delivering food. Don't start to do that from day one. When you have the customer conversations and people either tell you what you want to hear, which is, yes, this problem exists, and yes, I would pay for a solution if there was one available, or if people tell you what you don't want to hear, which is actually this problem is not that much of a problem, and I actually wouldn't pay for it. Both of those scenarios can impact this idea of becoming too broad. So in the scenario that someone tells you, this is, yeah, this is a problem and I would pay for a solution. That can stem so many ideas. You get excited. Remember, you love your product. So you're going to get excited. Of course you are. That's fine. But the problem is then you start to increase the scope. You start to think of features, benefits that you can add to your product or to your service that take away from the core problem that you're trying to solve and actually bloat the product, delay its launch and turn it into something that people don't want because it's too overwhelming. So you've got to stay niche. In the scenario that people tell you that actually this problem doesn't exist, that I wouldn't pay for it, that the solution doesn't matter to me because I don't have the problem, it then becomes very easy to go the other way and say, okay, well, okay, listen, well, what about if I also add something that kind of did this as well? Like if I just added features to make it sound more appealing to you and if I added features that make it something that you might buy, would you buy it then? Again, you're going away from your core problem. You are, you are moving into the territory of just adding things for the sake of adding things, which is a terrible idea because you are, again, you're trying to force this square peg into a round hole and create something that you believe people will buy when actually they do not want to buy it. So you've got to stay niche, stick to your core. We've all fallen foul of that before. We've all tried to expand services and products. I know I did back when we first set the agency up. We were a full marketing agency. There was no reason to do that. We didn't need to do that. And it's because people ask and will demand it of you. And it's very difficult to stick to your guns and say, no, this is what my product does. This is the problem it's solving. Thank you for your feedback. Okay? So stick to the niches. Stick to your one problem and one solution. That is it for now. 
Otherwise, you will never launch. I promise you that. Stick to your niche. One problem and one solution. Okay, so that is the art and the importance of the customer conversation. Just to recap a few bits for you then. Now you know why you are having customer conversations. You know that actually it's to validate that your solution, your product solves the problem that exists in a way that people actually want and not just in the way that you think they want. These conversations aren't a place to pitch or to ask whether you like my product. You also know who you're actually having these conversations with. You have the resource now, if you go and download it from excellence-expected.com, you have the resource to build your own avatar. I want you to stick that on your wall along with the problem that you're trying to solve, the reason that I created this solution is, stick those on the wall because that forms your marketing. Okay, so you know who you're having these conversations with and the problem that you're trying to solve. And last up, you know that the most important, the most important thing that you can do going into a conversation like this is ask someone, tell me how do you, tell me how you, Tell me how you do this. Tell me how you solve this. Open with that and become mindful of being around your avatar. Anytime you have the opportunity over a quick pint at the bar, ask, tell me, how how do you... And off you go and gather that feedback. Don't be precious on your solution. To quote Ash Moria, love the problem, not the solution. And be super honest with yourself. If your product, your solution doesn't fly, if there isn't a problem there, or if the solution is not something, the solution that you've devised is something that people won't pay for, dig deeper. Could you add extra value to solving this problem? Could you make the process here easier? Could you give a better experience? And then sit back and analyze it. And if you can do that, you stand the finest chance of creating a product that you are not only going to be proud of, but actually that makes you some money. Yet another powerful session in this guide. This is a straight talking guide to launching your first product. And you can't launch your first product until you have had those customer conversations. So guys, please, 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 please implement what you have learned here. Now, as I mentioned right at the beginning of the session, there is a content upgrade available over at excellence-expected.com. This is free. You don't have to pay anything for it. It's a completely free resource that will help you hold customer conversations that give you valuable insights. So please go ahead and get that. You don't have to pay for that. Go ahead and get it from excellence-expected.com. And when you actually head over to excellence-expected.com and get this content upgrade for this session, you're also going to get access to the two extra episodes at the end of the guide. These are the secret growth hacks from the world's finest founders and entrepreneurs, and a special session on what to do if your product launch doesn't quite go as planned, because let's face it, life happens. It's really important to know how to deal when your launch doesn't quite go as you expected. Now, this was session number two of the Straight Talking Guide to launching your first product. The next session, session three, is Bootstrap Branding with two of my very good friends, Mr. Phil Pallon and Mr. Kyle Wilkinson, two of the finest brand strategists and designers on the planet. 
So now you know your customers and their needs. Let's figure out how you can communicate with them. I'll see you in the next session, guys. And don't forget, the more you expect from yourself, the more you will excel.